Today, Thursday, January 11th, was the first big snow day of 2024. A lot of kids got to stay home from school today, so of course we had to talk a lot about the weather. But also today we talked about Filipino Heritage Night, which is coming up on Saturday, Winnipeg Jets versus the Flyers. We also talked about what's happening this weekend at the Winnipeg Renovation Show. Sherry Holmes at the RBC Convention Center over the weekend, and since the snow today is actually kind of perfect powder, we asked you to tell us a story about skiing. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and this is the Thursday, January 11th podcast for The Start. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. If you missed it yesterday, just a heads up. Big announcement tomorrow morning at 6.35. We've got two pairs of Jets tickets to give away for Saturday's game for Filipino Heritage Night. But before we do anything else, first of all, Loren, you made it into work. Nice to see you made it in. I'm sort of curious to see how your drive home is going to be. Yeah, I, I wonder if that's where it's going to get dicey. My first thought... When I opened up the garage door this morning was, woohoo, look at that snow. It was nice to see. It's fluffy. I'm, as I'm pushing it off the car, I think, oh, man, if I could get to a ski hill today, that's where I'd be going. I was picturing the smiles and the faces of snowmobilers. The kids with their snow angels just got a snow day text from St. River School Division. So my kids are going to be woohooing their way through the morning and sleeping in and all the rest. But that drive wasn't amazing. I did see plows out, which I don't often see. Gulp. So that was nice, but the, but the 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 drive was not great, and we you know that perimeter is still closed, which makes no sense to me right now. And I know it's bad out there, but I don't know if it's that bad. And it's been closed since 10, 10, 10, 10 p.m. Ten thirty last night. Last, so last night, yeah. So I have some questions about that, but uh, I'm tr- I'm trying to work my way with some positivity because the snow is so nice to see. Yeah, so if you have ever done downhill skiing, this is like you want to be on the first run of this stuff. And the good news is your drive will be way will be perfectly shoveled because your kids are at home oh, today, yes, right? When you get home, that's the do. best thing. Yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, Craig <laughs> sent us a text message at 517 this morning and says, I've been driving truck close to 40 years, center port is a disgrace. The RM of Rosser should be fired. Not a plow anywhere, anywhere from six inches to a foot. A high drifts, and what doesn't have a drift on it, it's completely ice-covered. A tractor trailer lost its trailer as he turned off Inkster, blocking eastbound lanes at Sturgeon, the old entrance. So that's from Craig. And then our good friend Kevin, the garbage man, wants to know when the city of Winnipeg got so bad at snow clearing. It's so bad out. On my route in this morning, I saw an armada of, of plows and truck plows Southbound on Henderson Highway was fantastic. Over the Disraeli Freeway was fantastic. And then I saw uh, an armada of truck plows heading northbound on Henderson when I got to Maine and Disraeli. So I know the machinery is out there. I know that um, folks are working hard to get this cleaned up as quickly as possible, but it's still snowing pretty good out there. 
Oh, yeah, it is. It, it looks like a snow globe just right out, outside our building at 201 Portage, where it doesn't seem to matter what direction the wind is coming from. It's in your face. And the Kansas, Loren mentioned, uh, what, sorry, what's St. Rivers, your kids' school division? St. Rivers School Division. So that is, let me just double check if it's closures or buses, but no, snow day, no school. Please check your email. So that's St. Rivers School Division. And then we have a couple others to yeah, get to. They're coming in fast and furious. Lord Selkirk School Division. Schools are closed. Red River Valley School Division is closed. Prairie Rose. School Division, uh, Hanover School Division is closed, uh, Borderland, Pine Creek uh, is closed, Mountain View, uh, buses are canceled, but schools are open, uh, so we will, the, that list is being updated on the fly at cjob.com, and we will be sharing that throughout the morning on 680 CJOB, as, uh, yeah, they, it's going to snow, it's going to get cold, Windy, even windier as the day goes on. I could barely get into my cab this morning because of the north wind. Just based on where my, because I, I live in a high rise that's beside another high rise. So the north wind sort of like has to f- bottleneck between those buildings. And I tried to open the door and I could barely get, even get into my taxi. So that was an adventure. We had sort of three very different circumstances and experiences this morning. In terms of our early morning routine, I shoveled the driveway last night mm-hmm. before I went to bed. I got up this morning and out in North Kildonan, at least, you know, in the suburbs, a little bit sheltered, I think, from the wind because it was glorious. I was out playing in the snow with Whiskey this morning. He thought it was fantastic. Abby didn't like it so much, but Whiskey thought it was great. Shoveled the driveway. I wasn't cold at all. In fact, I enjoyed it. The Light, fluffy snow made it super easy, always easier to just to keep shoveling as opposed to waiting for it to stop. So I'm actually looking forward to getting home to shovel again. However, (laughs) we know that the wind is probably going to really start taking over, and then that makes it really difficult for a bunch of different things. And you mentioned the north wind creating that tunnel effect outside your building, Brett. So if you're on those east-west highways, that's always the worst part of my drive on days like this. And for sure, I had voice to text you guys that my first thought was, wow, that's great powder. My second thought was, am I even on the road? Because the drifts get so bad when that wind's coming in that direction that could shift throughout the day. We're going to check in with Environment Canada in a moment. And we are going to ask the city about their plowing efforts after seven. And of course, We do want your feedback on the roads because Richard Cloutier sent us a note last night and he mentioned the fact, and I think this is fair, it's not easy to keep up in systems like this. Like the plows have to be going continuously. There's a wide range of networks. We know there's not enough staff out there. That's been a problem for a few years at Manitoba Highways. But if there's going to be any highway that you work to keep open around the city, the perimeter should be one of it. And I feel I, I moved back here in 2010, so 14 years ago, I feel like the road, the perimeter highway has been closed more times in the last two years than all those previous years combined. It just it, So should that happen? Should there at least be a, I don't know, what would you call it? Like a nonstop parade of plows just working their way around that highway at the very least so that people can get in and around the city? 75, Trans-Canada, and for sure the perimeter highway, at least in my mind from Pembina Highway uh, west towards Oak Bluff and then up to Centerport and Highway 6. At least that that section needs to be needs to be cleared and then of course, well, if you're counting the Trans Canada then the, all the south perimeter, not to ignore the north perimeter, but at the very least 
those uh, you know critical trade corridors. If we're going to market ourselves as this hub of transportation, we've got to start acting like it, plain and simple. And we can give you a heads up that a couple more cancellations. Toulon Daycare, both programs closed today. Prairie Sky Child Care in, and Eli Mini Fran in Eli are closed. So we'll have that up to date at cjob.com. Lorenz putting her hand up. Just listener Deborah adding to the list. Interlake School Division is closed today. Uh, no buses running, no schools open. <laughs> Cancellation just rolled in. Stonewall Children's Center is closed today. Did the weather bed just run out? Yes. <laughs> I've never heard <laughs> the so, end of that. So many closures. I feel like we just found the end of the rainbow or something. <laughs> How long is that sound? How long is that sound start to finish? Two minutes. <laughs> Two minutes of closures was not oh enough. <laughs> the simple pleasures. So at the Forks, it's minus 15. And then uh, same temperature at the airport where the wind chill with a north wind of 39 kilometers an hour. The wind chill minus 28 outside 680 CJOB. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We've got two pairs of Jets tickets to give away for Saturday's game. We'll tell you how you can win those tickets in our next segment. But as you can likely surmise from what was uh, more than two minutes of cancellations and weather... um, not the best day so far. It's rough out there. So we still have the perimeter closed all the way around. And that section of Highway 16 is closed from Nipawa to Highway 50. So those are some road closures we're keeping our eye on. We know it's snow covered in other parts. Outside the city, listener Big T says there are big drifts on Highway 7. Inside the city, Grant texted to say that he drove Maine, then Chief Peguis, then Lajemodier to Regent on Lajemodier. Can't see the lanes. Could be four wide for all you know, or you're in the ditch. It's bad out there, says Grant. And another one of our listeners uh, reminding us this is uh, part and parcel to a text we received before we came on the air this morning. Eastbound Center Point way at Sturgeon Road. It's blocked. A semi-tractor lost its trailer. Not sure how, but it is blocked. That from Brett at 204-780-6868. So let us know what you're seeing. Our Clay Young, Global News Morning Reporter Extraordinaire, is out on Portage Avenue right now where the winds seem to be really picking up. Clay, where are you and what are you seeing, my friend? Well, we left uh, Portage Avenue. We were were right uh, by a a bus stop uh, right across from the former uh, Bay Building, and we were just talking to people waiting for the bus. I'm telling you, the wind, if you're walking into it, it is just nasty, uh, and it's gusting, and it's going to be the story all day long. In fact, uh, city crews and private contractors, they started working on this thing last night, and they're working overnight and into this morning. Um, one particular piece of machinery had cleared part of the sidewalk, near the bus stop but because of that wind within minutes the snow uh, just got blown right back into it uh one woman said she she wishes she was and i said i wouldn't mind being with you she wouldn't mind being somewhere nice and warm right now then uh mike uh my cameraman and i we we ventured down ellis and right in front of our eyes a guy almost took out a light standard and you know how MPI always tells us, you know, folks drive to the conditions. Uh, there's ice underneath that snow, and especially when you're coming up to intersections and you're all of a sudden you're hitting on the brakes and your car isn't stopping right away. It, it's 
the conditions are not good. That's that's uh, it in a nutshell. And I don't expect uh, they could even get worse. I've been listening to Drew Strumick. He says those winds are going to get uh, more powerful as the day wears on. Yeah, when we spoke to Environment Canada, they were talking uh, maybe gusting up to 80 kilometers per hour in some parts of southern Manitoba today, Clay. That's the downside, I guess, of this light, fluffy snow is the fact that you move it one place and the wind comes along and can put it right back somewhere else or maybe exactly where you, you took it from in the first place. Yeah, right in front of our building. That was our first hit. Uh, you know, the guys are trying to clear uh, clear out, you know, the front of 201 Portage with shovels, and some of them have snow blowers. But, you know, within minutes, the wind blew it all right back. It's sort of a, a, a it's going to be an ongoing battle. But if you leave it too long, then you're looking at more work later in the day. All right, Clay Young, thank you for this. Stay warm out there. We, we wish you were here with us, to be honest with you. Oh, we're glad we're come not. On out. Come on out. <laughs> I just, you, out. you know, Go next time, area. Clay, next time. Okay, well, we insist. <laughs> Global News Morning Reporter Clay Young, thank you. Thanks, thanks, Clay. Uh, a couple more cancellations. Loren, you pointed out uh, Beautiful Plains has a... Uh, the schools are open, but... Buses are not running in beautiful plains, school division, so that's in the, the Nipua area. And yeah, we've got a long list. Basically, I would say, in, with the exception of Winnipeg and Brandon and Portage. <laughs> if we were to summarize it, if the places that you think are going to be closed today, they are. They're, like, they're closed, you yeah. Know, double check. Like if you're outside the city and your kids go to school outside the city, chances are uh, they're not uh, going to be welcomed there. Carrie Lynn saying that... Uh, uh, this, I drove uh, up from Lockport, up Main Street, and then McPhillips. Roads are slippery, snow-covered, and it... Not good. Not good. Not good. Okay, if you go very slow, but if you don't have to, uh, don't travel. The wind is starting to pick up, so it's going to get worse. Be safe, everyone. Richard's Carolina. saying that Clay put it best, an ongoing battle, right? When it comes to clearing the roads until the actual snow event is over, you can only do so much until the snow sh- stops. The crews are out there. We'll check in with the city of Winnipeg just after 7 to see what's going on in terms of that clearing. And outside the city, keep that feedback coming. Uh, it's rough. It's rough out there. Stonewall Children's Center has just been added to the cancellation list as well as Springfield Learning Center. So we'll keep you up to date at cjob.com on that front. The topic we're going to discuss this morning has to do, Loren, with uh, one of the first observations you made of the day. And that has to do with the snow. Some sweet powder out there. Some sweet powder on the prairies. And yeah, I think we all collectively, when we lifted our garage doors or stepped out from our apartments or whatever, thought, man, this would be a nice ski day. It's a snow day for so many kids outside of Winnipeg. It'd be a great ski day. So we thought we'd ask people for their ski or snowboard stories at some point in your life, perhaps through school or with friends, or maybe you avoided skiing. Tell us your ski or snowboard stories. I'd love to hear from you at 204-780-6868. Be it a good or bad or some type of a misadventure, would love to hear from you. Cameron Poitras, you ever gone skiing or snowboarding? I, I, you know what? I've, I've gone only once, uh, went to Assis. Mississippi, um, and I was learning how to ski on the bunny slope, and I had—I guess I hadn't figured out how to stop yet, and my dad was at the bottom sort of waiting to see how I was going to do, and I wasn't slowing down, and so he goes, break, 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 
pizza, 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 yeah, pizza. Yeah. And I keep going and I keep going. And my dad sacrificed himself, uh, <laughs> throwing himself in front of me. And I totally clocked him so good. Um, and we both fell over. And I was going right into this this group of kids. So my dad, like Superman, leap, leapt in front of me. And he stopped me from, from you know, what could have been a complete disaster. So thanks for that one, Dad. I appreciate it. No one hurt? No one hurt. Uh, just my pride. Yes. Was he on skis? Or? Uh, well, yeah, he was he was on skis, but he was waiting for me at, at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. My word. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Pizza, 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 french fries, pizza. French Jeff Forte, what about you? Okay. You know what? I love taking the ski lift, but getting off. You know, it gives me a little bit of bit of anxiety. You know, it's just because uh, you have to you have to get the push away from the chair, and of course, uh, this is back in junior high, and there's this little kid in front of me. He was taking forever to get off the chair, and like they don't stop the chairs; it just keeps going. So I had to like push off my chair, and of course, I took out this kid, <laughs> and he's crying, and I'm going like, I'm sorry, like I just I had nowhere else to go because you just have to go straight in front of you. Felt terrible. Felt terrible. <laughs> the chair lifts hard. Like even if there's just, up. there's just a moment at the very first ride up where you're like, everybody ready? Like get ready, lift up the bar. You gotta go. You, who's going right? Who's going left? Like it's a lot. It's a lot of muscle memory. Like if you know that first run of the season, or if you haven't been for several years, it is. It's a little bit tenuous that that first jump on and off of the of the chairlift. Which is a, so I can I can never remember which one I went to, whether it was Agassiz or Mississippi. But one of them had uh, they had a chairlift on one side, and what do you call it? Like the T bar or whatever. T bar, yeah. Uh, Agassiz, I think had both. Yes, a- Agassiz has both, and Holiday Mountain when we spoke to them. They on also Monday, have a T bar. Re- they're putting their T bar back. They, right. Okay. It's, they're refurbishing it. They was Zagacy the one that's closed? Yes. No? Yeah. Okay. So yes. maybe it was that one. I couldn't figure out the T bar. I just could like I. Oh I, yeah. I'd I never done fall. it. I would fall so many times. I just give up. It's yeah, because I you think you should sit. It's it, it, it def- your brain can't handle that you're just supposed to stand and let it gently you. nudge you up yeah, the yeah. up the hill. You're like that, I found out that my skis weren't working and I, my boot kept falling out of the ski because I kept going halfway up and then it would just release and I would. It was not a great experience my first time skiing. I crumbled down and stuff. Actually, it was a lot of fun um, saying that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. I also hadn't been on downhill skis since I was a kid, since I, my parents took me to Spring Hill, and I got scarlet fever. You remember that? Oh, yeah, and I, I think I said, who gets scarlet fever? Like, were you born in the 1800s? Like, <laughs> How did you get to the top? They didn't even have the floodway then. I forgot about that. Scarlet fever. I mean, I know it's still a thing. But. My parents uh, rode us, they floated us there on our pirate ship. Uh, Mac- <laughs> <laughs> Fighting scurvy at the same time. Macklin, you must have a whole bunch of ski stories. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I was fortunate to live in the Okanagan. I, I worked up at Silver Star Ski Resort for one season. I actually got 100 ski days in. My brother and I got one of the perks was getting a pass free pass. So we would ski as often as possible. Panorama, Lake Louise had some really good times, but my, my worst ski experience was a Valley view elementary school in Brandon. We had our annual cross country ski trip to the Brandon Hills, but I had missed so much school. I was not allowed to go. <laughs> and no! so, yes. So I went to school the day of the ski trip and I stood and watched everyone, Mrs. Main's class, get on the, get on the bus and away they went for their day of cross country skiing in the Brandon Hills. And I had the whole classroom to myself. Hang on. Cross country? 
cross country. Ah, you're fine then. Well, that's the challenge we've we've. I forgot to tell them we we we. Oh. Have, what was it? My challenge was to skate. Yours was tubing. I'm going to go to that tubing hill. Valley, west of Valley Port- Portage. Yeah. You're going to skate this year on the thing, and we selected for you cross-country skiing. Oh, no up problem. Uphill. Oh, uphill. Yeah, I can do a little telemarking uh, and the, the, the walking up the Just hill. Just do that little shuffle. Yeah, yeah. But Just I'm about like 150 way. pounds heavier than I was the last time I did it. <laughs> It's Mackling McGarry McNabb. We've got a long list of cancellations at cjob.com. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. We know we always get a few more people listening on snow days, and we can put aside the chaos and the mayhem <laughs> of the snow for a moment because one of the questions we're asking you, because the snow is perfect powder, we're asking you to tell us a story about skiing or snowboarding for a chance to win Jets tickets for Saturday's game. What does Karen say, Loren? Oh, this is so great. So this is about her boyfriend, who's now her husband. Karen says years years ago, he was into skiing, and I thought I would try to partake in his hobby, as that's what couples do. He was excited to hear and bought me a brand name jacket, gloves, goggles. I looked like a hot ski bunny. Well, <laughs> to first learn, we went to Spring Hill. I stood at the top of the hill and moved two feet and then stood there for hours just watching people. All the standing in one place froze my toes, so I had to retreat indoors. Funny thing is I sat inside with my leg on a chair. A lot of young guys my age kept asking if I was hurt. Too embarrassed to say the real reason I said yes, I did, and blamed the amount of powder where I was. Of course, partaking in his hobby, I had to learn the lingo too. If you're wondering, says Karen, I never tried to ski again. Aw, that's too bad. I wish Jackie wasn't so shy. She has a great story about a first date at Spring Hill. I think it was a first and only date in high school. And her parents and her sisters give her a hard time about this thing all the time. I'm not going to paraphrase. It's not my story. I wish she would tell it because it's uh, part of legend and lore in her family. So it did not go well. That's funny. That's a good date. Like it's a long. That's it's a, a great idea, right? It's a great right? idea because I always feel as well as a kid. I loved going skiing with my family, and now as a mom, it's just such a great family time. So it would be a neat date because you have that time to go down the hill and enjoy yourself, laugh at each other, and then on that chairlift ride up, you have that moment to connect again and chat about things, and it just. It's a great family time. Well, like golf, right? You learn so much about somebody when you do an activity like that. It is Mackling McGarry McNabb on this snow day, as we've been telling you this morning, been telling you since last night, the perimeter is closed. I, I guess in theory, Loren, because based on the dozens of texts we've gotten on this, you'd never know it. Yeah, some listeners telling us they just went to take a look at the perimeter because they live in that area and saw cars going by. And then we have people who are who are texting us saying they were on the perimeter and they think it's fine. So it's important to point out that it's closed. Yes, it's been closed since 10 p.m. And if you're caught driving on a closed highway and on that perimeter specifically, uh, if you're in an SUV or car, you could be fined $298. And if you're in a heavy vehicle, so the bigger trucks, you could get hit with a $672 fine. That perimeter is closed. You're not supposed to be on it. That said, and I'm not making excuses for people, there are also questions about why it's closed. Uh, What are we coming up on 10 hours, uh, 11 hours later? Not because I don't think the conditions are great out there or that they're fine to drive, just because it is. It's a thoroughfare. It's part of a route for trucks. It's where goods move from west to east. And increasingly, we see that perimeter closed or it feels like it's increasing over years. And 
why why and how can we do better wasn't it like a dozen times last year that the perimeter was closed like as much didn't you reference this earlier this morning as many times last year as multiple years combined like i seemed. just can't think of it uh, having been like this i can't either and so once again i appreciate the dedication to safety but also on the flip side send report canada way they spent tens of million do- uh, uh, tens of millions of dollars to construct that road as a as a gateway to Centreport, and then now you're seeing tens of hundreds of millions of dollars being poured into the south perimeter for interchanges. There's a brand new interchange. Well, it's five years old now at uh, 59 and the north perimeter. So we're acknowledging. We're saying, declaring that this is a critical piece of infrastructure by the actions we're taking, by the money that's being invested to construct the roadway, but the dedication, the funds, the the absolute appetite to ensure that this piece of infrastructure is cleared and open all the time, that seems to be severely lacking. Like the, the two, the two notions don't seem to mix with one another. And it, and it really bothers me. Like I, I like to base my concern based on the priority that those in power have created. You've said it's important. Why aren't you treating it like it's important? And I'm trying to figure out, you know, like uh, there have been plenty of times I've driven into work and wondered why the road was closed. And then also conversely wondered why it's open or, you know, because you think, Oh, it's so terrible out here. Close the road. And so last night at 10 30, I appreciate the snow was coming in hot and heavy and it maybe couldn't keep up, but we are now 10 hours and change later. And the number one East is open and the number one West is open. So what's so dramatically different from that East West drive on the North or South side versus those roads. That's one of my questions. On the opposite end, it's a high-volume traffic area. People do not drive to the conditions on a dry day, let alone a snowy day. We've often remarked, I still believe this, the south perimeter, if I'm going anywhere in this province, that's still one of my most hated drives because the the traffic, the speed, the lights, I hate it on a good summer day. Sure. So is there an acknowledgement out there? Maybe is it the conditions or us? Are we impacting the decision via the highways department and the RCMP to say, yeah, it's not horrible out there, but you people are horrible drivers. Yeah. And so if we're, if, if this, if there's some new threshold, <laughs> if now all of a sudden we've decided that the perimeter highway needs to be clear, closed more often because we're, we're taking more care or because we're seeing this weather more often, whatever it might be, where is the dedication for more infrastructure in terms of warning signals, warning lights, gates, all these different things. Like you can't do one in my mind without the other. You can't tell people to stay off if you're not going to build the infrastructure to inform people efficiently of what's going on. And when you close a major highway like that, the perimeter is as busy now as it's ever been. You need to put up some signs, some digital signage. I mean, we have the technology to do so. Uh, Do we have the money and the will? I guess that's another question altogether, Brett. Does it feel like a, an overcorrection? To I, I don't know. But the point is, if you're going to do it, do it do it correctly. Give people the information they need. We would like to think that every single person in Manitoba is listening to CJOB today. We know tens of thousands of people are, but not everybody is listening to us to get that information. So where's the warning? There's none. There's none out there unless you are proactive.
It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Greg Mackling, Brett McGarry, Loren McNabb. We have, hey, by the way, we gave away tickets for the Winnipeg Renovation Show. We'll get the winner in a moment. We've got two pairs of tickets to give away for something happening Saturday night that we're going to tell you about right away here. And we'll give those away in our next segment. Forte, who won the tickets for the Winnipeg Renovation Show happening this weekend? Cecile Roy. Cecile. Hello, Cecile. Way to go. Have fun at the convention center. But as mentioned, two pairs of tickets for the Winnipeg Jets hosting their second annual Filipino Heritage Night this Saturday, January 13th versus the Philadelphia Flyers. This game celebrates the vibrant culture of the Filipino community, showcasing dance, music, cuisine, and community collaborations. And of course, if you didn't know, this is something to really be proud and give a shout out to. Winnipeg is home to the third largest Filipino community in the whole country. That's right. Ron Canaveros is one of the most recognizable faces in our community. He is everywhere, as is his love for Winnipeg, his pride in his Filipino heritage, and his affection for the Winnipeg Jets is second to none. Ron, good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning. It's uh, awesome. It's an awesome day today. Well, we always uh, enjoy speaking with you, and you've been working with the Jets on this for some time. We know this is the second annual, but how did this initiative begin? Take us back. I would say it really just started with the Jets. Uh, there's an industry growth fund that uh, the NHL has that wanted to that looks at opportunities to diversify the game. And when you look at uh, the communities here in Manitoba, uh, with 100,000 Filipinos in Manitoba, it was uh, one of the easiest uh, decision to target uh, uh, our community. And I know I've been a Jets fan since Jets 1.0. And with as many Filipinos that are all over this province, uh, I think it was a good opportunity for us to uh, diversify the game and uh, uh, teach our community a a bit more about the Jets, a bit more about hockey, uh, get them on the ice, get them to games, and really understand what it is to be uh, Manitoba and Winnipegger growing up with the Jets. So, Ron, what's this celebration going to look like? I'm pretty excited. I'm really excited. Like, we had a lot more time to plan this uh, Filipino Heritage Night. Uh, I'm excited for the Anthem Singers, which is Rainbow Stages Mabuhay Singers. They've got an awesome uh, musical in the summer coming up, so it was, uh, it was perfect timing. Um, it, it was, uh, has a, they have a youth, vibrant feel to it. We also have... Uh, Magdarga, which is uh, the host pavilion for Fukurama Pearl Orient, they're going to be doing some uh, cultural performances uh, at the first intermission. So I'm excited about that. And uh, again, you said my love for hockey. Uh, we have 20 Filipino kids that went through the NHL Bauer APNA Winnipeg Jets first shift program uh, last fall. And they're going to be skating on the ice uh, in the first intermission. To, t- to have a real feel of what it is to play at Canada Life Centre. And maybe one of those days, one of those kids in the future will be a, a first-round draft pick of the Jets. Yeah, build off those dreams. I can hear the excitement in your voice, Ron. And I'm just curious, you know, it's so cool to see events like these and, and the mutual celebration with everyone. Why do you think it's important to, to have, say, a Filipino night or other to promote the culture in this province? I, I just think, I, I just know and think representation matters. When you see... Uh, Filipinos on ice, like Filipino-American Jason Robertson, <coughs> Filipino-Canadian uh, Jason Dumbas, um, playing for the NHL and having them come in and, and talk to the kids. It's amazing. At the same time, there are three Filipino hockey players that played for the women's national hockey team of the Philippines uh, last summer in Dubai. 
they are going to be honored uh, at the game as puck drop honorees for their repre- representing Filipinos, Winnipeggers, uh, and uh, Filipino hockey. So we're excited that they're flying in from uh, from flying into Winnipeg for the game. And they're heading straight back to where they need to be for uh, their college games. Yeah, we had Hannah and Larissa Pagdato in studio prior to their trip uh, to the United Arab Emirates. And they were so excited about representing the Philippines in that capacity. And I I think I was, I heard Larissa the other night on uh, our pregame coverage with Derek Taylor sharing with us her story of how that tournament went. Now the jerseys, the, the, there will be a jersey auction, right? Because there are limited edition team-issued Filipino night jerseys. Talk, talk about those before we let you run. Yeah, so there's going to be an auction for a limited edition of uh, hockey jerseys uh, with uh, Filipino Winnipeg Jets Filipino Heritage logo uh, on a jersey, and that's going to be auctioned off uh, at the game. There's going to be another set that's going to be available online after the game for those people that want to capture a piece of history, uh, whether they're from Winnipeg or, you know, we've gotten a lot of reaction from Filipinos all across North America that uh, it's an amazing logo. It's We're thanking the Jets, we're thanking the NHL for this opportunity. And, you know, I can attest to the, the gratitude that when you look at the kids that have had a chance to play hockey through first shift and Jets hockey development, the parents, they are glowing and thankful for the opportunity to get their kids to be on ice, put the equipment on, and learn how to play hockey. And there's so a whole- for all the people that are buying tickets, buying the merchandise, uh, making a bid for those auctions, it's all worth, it all goes towards um, youth hockey initiatives that I'm personally a part of, and a lot of uh, community members are well entrenched in now. And you can find that Filipino Heritage Night merchandise at truenorthshop.com. I just had a look. Lots of cool stuff, including a new collaboration with a local company, Far From Ordinary. Ron Canaveros with the Filipino Journal. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. We appreciate the time. You're welcome. Thank you. Right, so let's uh, find out who is going to win these Jets tickets. We have two pairs, which means we have two winners. We're just asking you to tell us about a skiing story or a snowboarding story. Good, bad, adventurous, misadventurous. And uh, one of our runners up here, Loren, is Shane, who just, I thought this was pretty cute. It is cute. And the things parents do for their kids. Shane says, I've never been to a ski hill, but my son got a snowboard from his uncle. So I took him to a little hill on Vilu. That's a street in where? It's in, in Charleswood. In it's, Charleswood. Like, it's like just west of the zoo. Okay, so there must be a little little wee hill there. And, and Shane says, unfortunately, he loved it so much, I played chairlift for three hours. Got my workout in that day. I can't leg him up the hill anymore. <laughs> he played chairlift. Uh, Shane, Shane was a great athlete back in the day in the West End, so I'm not surprised he would yeah? be able to do that. Yep. Danny B is winner number one of two. And Danny says... My story's a little bit embarrassing. In my glory days in the 1980s, grade nine, I went on a school ski trip to Agassiz. I wore my brand new Angel Wing acid wash jeans to impress the girls. Angel Wing! As I got braver, I tried to do a jump at the end of the main hill where an audience of school kids had gathered at the bottom of the hill to watch wipeouts. Well, I now am painfully aware that the acid wash process severely weakens the threads in jeans. I jumped, I wiped out, 
I rolled and I completely tore out the entire crotch and butt on my <laughs> jeans. So they basically looked like cowboy chaps. Yeah, David Lee Roth, Danny. I had to collect my skis and walk past the entire audience of kids. Lucky I was skinny. And this girl from my class lent me a pair of pink gym shorts to go over my jeans. So I skied the rest of the day. I had fun. And I got a new nickname, PNP, as in Pretty in Pink from the 1980s Molly Ringwald movie. <laughs> and I promise not to wear acid wash jeans. Yeah, but you have game. to wear those shorts over whatever pants you wear. Wasn't PNP. that a look, though? Like the, the shorts over, maybe not jeans, but no, pants at yeah, some point. Yeah, like, bicycle shorts or yeah. whatever. Oh, I was guilty of that. Yeah. Hey, can wear red trunks over top of Where his blue pants. <laughs> if it's good enough for Superman, Danny, it's good enough for you. I'm wondering why you'd put on jeans to ski anyway. Like, you need to bend and I move. Know. Like it's well, you so... might not have anything else. I know, but whenever time I see that at a ski hill, I think, dude. He wishes there was a snow day that canceled that trip uh, in hindsight. But Sherry G is our other winner, Greg. That's right. Favorite by far ski memories. Uh, heading out to the mountains. Panorama Ski Resort. To go skiing with a group of friends. My husband convinced me to head to the top. Which I was a little scared about as I wasn't a great skier. Guess what they call that at Panorama? Yeah, it's called Top of the World. Once we were up there, he got down on one knee and asked me to marry him. He had this beautiful engagement ring in his pocket. It was so amazing. I got engaged at the top of the world. What a day it was. So congratulations to Sherry and Danny. They pick up the two pairs of tickets for the Winnipeg Jets versus the Philadelphia Flyers Saturday night, Canada Life Center, Filipino Heritage Night. Right now, we want to talk about the Winnipeg Renovation Show, returning to RBC Convention Center this weekend. The show begins tomorrow. It runs through Sunday with a lineup of local speakers and hundreds of home improvement companies to help Winnipeggers and Manitobans get expert advice and find great deals and discover new ideas and inspiration for any home project. Headlining the lifestyle stage is Sherry Holmes of Holmes Next Generation, presented by All Canadian Renovations. Sherry will share behind-the-scenes stories from her hit show and answer your renovation questions from attendees. I always love the questions people have. She'll also bring advice for working in the trades. From the news yesterday afternoon, Richie Cloutier spoke with journeyman Jessica Dickin. Originally from Saskatchewan, Dickin is close to making a six-figure salary. Winnipeg is home now. Yeah, I, I chased a boy out here and it, it worked out for me. And I think I'll be stuck here for a while. And she loves it. Everybody says trades are for the people that can't pass school or they're not smart enough to go to university. And it's the opposite of that. I was very smart. I was straight A's. I was on a roll. And I went to university. I didn't like it. So I came back and went, you know, trades are more for me. It's hands-on learning. You're active. You're physically fit. You have to be. And it's just... It's a lot more mind-demanding, I find, than going to school for eight years, coming out with student debt, and you're starting at a lower wage. You know, with the trades, you go to school, you're getting paid while you're in school, and you come out with no student debt, and you get a great wage at the end of it. You don't get a degree, and that's what you're doing the rest of your life. You know, you finish school, and you're still learning. The rest of your life, you're learning. It's good. Quite the endorsement for life in the trade. Sherry Holmes joins us now on the store. Sherry, uh, welcome back to Winnipeg. Sorry about the weather. Hi, how are you? Oh my goodness, I was listening to the weather before um, I, I got a chance to speak to you guys. It's a little chilly, it sounds. 
Well, it's it seems apropos. I think uh, the the last time you were here for the home show or renovation show, I think we were in a similar situation. It just seems to work out that way. I, I don't know how much of that uh, interview and that conversation you were able to hear between our own Richard Cluche and Jessica Dickin, but the idea of trades as a career for young people, young women in particular, you know, that trades path. What do you tell young people when they ask you why they should consider a trade? As, as part of one's career path? Honestly, I think the biggest issue we have is that a lot of the younger generation isn't aware of what career opportunities are available to them in the trades. And it is such a lucrative, amazing career. I love my job. You get to, and she's right. I did get to hear some of that clip, pardon me. Um, she is right. I, I, I do support you going to school, so please don't assume I'm saying that school is bad, but keep your options open because there are so many things that you can do. You don't come out of school with all kinds of debt. You can get a job. We are looking for skilled trades workers. So you're not going to go to university for this program and find that you cannot actually find a position in the workplace. There is tons of space for skilled trade workers. Um, again, the satisfaction you get from working with your hands at the end of the day is amazing. You are learning 24-7. It is impossible to know everything. The way that things are changing in the world and things are growing, there's so much to go, so much going on, so many new things, so much to learn, so many products to see. It's great. Now, your dad is, of course, Mike Holmes, one of the most recognizable faces and respected voices in the world of home building and renovation. So what was it like growing up in the family business? (laughs) I'm going to talk about that a lot this weekend, but um, it was always interesting. Um, I don't think I really understood um, what he fully did until I was a little bit older. You know, people really recognized him and I stayed out of it because I found it a little strange. I didn't really get it. And the amount of people he's been able to reach and help is just amazing. I'm so happy that I was able to work underneath him and learn from him. Um, He knows everything he really does it's so i still get blown away watching him and i don't tell him this don't you guys don't tell him i said this either but i still get blown away seeing him on site every day he can just spout knowledge about every single thing he's been working in the trade since he was a child um it was not something that i thought i was going to have as a career and i'm really happy that i fell into it and that i will never leave i don't know why but Recently, my Instagram feed, Sherry, is filled up with do-it-yourself renovation videos, people doing their stairs, their walls, their bathrooms. I clearly have been looking at a lot of this stuff. And one thing I've, <laughs> one thing I've realized is that, you know, like home, home renovations are all about making mistakes, which then means you, you have to have some serious courage when you walk into something. And so what's your advice to someone is when they're making decisions, how to, to, to not be bold per se in what they're doing, but just walking in knowing, you know what? There's probably going to be a mistake made here. Doesn't mean it's going to look bad. Well, with DIYs, I think that it depends on the extent of the renovation you're looking at, obviously. And I'm big on saying you hire the pros where you need the pros. Absolutely. I will not touch electrical. I will not touch plumbing because it is not my trade. Um, I will always have a licensed professional coming into this work because those mistakes are pretty devastating. So, Know what you're getting yourself into. I think education is really key here. Um, Research what you're looking at. If it's something easy you want to try, know you could make mistakes, but it's a learning curve and you're planning to do it probably for fun. Um, I have also watched a lot of those DIY videos and I'm super into them too. They're all over TikTok. It's pretty fun. 
But uh, you also have to know your strengths and weaknesses and understand that it is learning. No one can do that overnight. Anything. It takes time. It takes practice and skill. I almost pulled off the carpet off the stairs like a couple of days ago because I was convinced I could refinish those stairs. And then when I watched one of those videos, I was like, oh, wow, these are like 19 more steps than I ever imagined. And I'm, no, now the carpet's still there. I'm not touching it, Greg, but it, it gets to the point of, of maybe doing a little homework before you break the hole in the yeah. wall or whatever. I mean, that's something you could absolutely do. Um, however, yeah, there are a few more steps that maybe you're not aware of. Um, when you pull them off, you are going to make a mess because you're going to be sanding in that house. You're going to be cleaning them. There's going to be staples and nails you're going to have to pull from them. So they're probably going to look a little unattractive for a little while. My, as long as you're prepared for everything. Sorry, Sherry. My step was going to be to pull the carpet off and then paint. That's really what <laughs> 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 I mean, that's okay. <laughs> you get good traction, at least, with those staples and those nails in there. You know? <laughs> and, and you'll know when uh, the kids and, and the husband are, are doing things, yeah, going in and out of the house that's when true. they're not Nothing's supposed to. be surprising. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Uh, Sherry, what, is, what, what are some of the mistakes people make? Like, you know, I, I know uh, Brian Balmer is a good friend, and uh, we've had him on the yeah. show so many times. He talks about living through a renovation, and, and that can be really difficult. What are, what are, some, oh, of the yeah. other, what are some of the other mistakes people make when, when tackling a, a home renovation, large or small? Uh, I think home renovations are more difficult than a lot of people assume they are. It probably is going to take longer than you think it will. Um, A lot of companies aren't just doing one job, for instance, or um, if you are still living in the home, obviously, depending on how large your job is, that's going to be really tough because no matter what you go through to try to keep a home clean, you are still going to have dust throughout that house, no matter what you do. And we believe in a clean job site. It's, what we do, it's very important. A clean job site is a safe job site. Um, however, Brian is right for for going through a renovation. It's very, it can be very tough on, tough on relationships, if I'm being honest. There's differing, differing opinions. Um, a lot of the times you can get quoted a certain price for a job. And, you know, when we open up the walls or whatever we're getting into, you're going to find different issues that need to be addressed. So those prices can go up. So you have to kind of expect that. So I always say when budgeting for a job, leave yourself some some wiggle room, you know, because you never know what is going to be found. I think that idea of things going exactly the way you hope they will, planning for the best and hoping for the best, probably not the best strategy. So (laughs) I think we're all guilty of that. Uh, We've got to let you run, Sherry. Um, When can people see you here in Winnipeg? I am going to be at the home show both tomorrow and on Saturday. I'm not 100% sure of the timing. It's going to be later on in the afternoon and evening-ish, I believe. Um, And I'm really looking forward to seeing everyone, and uh, I hope you come to see me too. WinnipegRenovationShow.com is the website. I was trying to get the exact time as well, Sherry. I was trying to help you out. I thought you might know. I can't find it on the website. Uh, So boo to me, uh, and uh, hooray to you for uh, coming to Winnipeg. Can't wait to see you. (laughs) I'm excited to see you. Have a wonderful day. Sherry Holmes joining us live on 680 CJOB, headlining the lifestyle stage at the Winnipeg Renovation Show, which is this weekend at the RBC Convention Center. And we do have one more pair of tickets to give away tomorrow on the start for this awesome event.